How many are glad to be here rather than the best hospital in town? Amen. Well, like a friend of mine said, I'd just be glad to be anywhere. Well, we've got a lot of questions here. And uh, before we get to the questions, I want to remind us that as we begin this new year, that uh, we're going to uh, begin a new series. And last week, I asked you to really think about that our verse for the year is second, no, it's uh, Luke 2, 52. And, uh, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, Luke 2.52. And I ask you to think about what that could mean for us for the year. And we're going to be looking, and, and uh, those of us who are here today, you are really blessed because you get to get in on the ground floor. Because for the whole year, we'll, we'll be looking at how we can grow, how we can grow spiritually, how we can grow relationally, our relationships with each other, spiritually, of course, to God, and then how we can grow financially, um, how we can be better stewards of the resources that God has given to us, and then how we can grow physically. Um, the Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of God, and uh, these are the only bodies, as far as I know, that we have. And... Uh, <laughs> We should be taking care of them. And um, we are in a pandemic situation in this nation in terms of our physical health. In fact, I was talking to uh, a new friend that I met. I'm, you know, I added swimming to my daily routine. I went swimming this morning. And one of the guys in the pool, he comes, kind of ooches up next to me, and he says, uh, he says, what, uh, he says, uh, what does it mean in the Lord's Prayer when uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is the name of God? And, uh, and so I said, whoa, that's a pretty good question. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, when, jo when uh, Moses went before the king and, and uh, uh, Pharaoh, and he asked, who sent you? Say, I am that I am. And so the name of God is a, is a universal, bigger than we can ever understand. It's a mystery, but we know that at a certain point in time, God put on flesh and he came in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what we call the incarnation. He just came through Christmas, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so, but anyway, he, uh, he said to me, so we, we talked about that a little bit and then he mooched on over and then at the other end of the pool, he came up to me again. We're treading water. He says, uh, hey, have you ever, because he had asked me a couple of weeks ago, um, what kind of church? I told him I was a pastor. It's, what seminary did you go to? And it's interesting, but people ask you in the pool. And so then he comes by and he says, have you ever heard of, of Rick Warren? I said, oh, yeah, you know. And we talked about that. And, and then he said, um, he said, you know, I heard him talk about the Daniel, the Daniel fast. And uh, I said, I am glad that you brought that up. Because as a part of our growth for this new year, getting ready for Lent, I'm going to encourage us to do the Daniel fast. Say, what, what is the Daniel fast? Well, go on your computer and look it up. But I'll be giving you some details and information about how we can do that. But it has to do with how we deal with ourselves physically. So we'll be doing all that. But I wanted to say this to you about that this morning, that for those of us who said this is a new year, you know, we have goals and New Year's resolutions and all that. 
And I'm sure everybody in here wants to be a better person than you were last year. We're all striving. Everybody say, I'm striving. And so we all are. We want to be better. We want to be better this year. We want to grow. And so let me just give you this line, and I just love it. If you have goals and things that you've set out that you want to do, the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. The secret of your future which God tells us could be phenomenal, is hidden in our daily routine. Larry Bird, who was one of the greatest basketball players, Hall of Famer, uh, very interesting character. Um, he could not jump very high. <laughs> um, he had some decent height on him, but he wasn't that fast. But the boy could shoot the lights out of the basketball. I mean, he could shoot. And starting in the ninth grade, or in high school anyway, I think it was the ninth grade, he shot 500 foul shots every day. <laughs> the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Discipline is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Everybody say amen. amen. So no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's Hebrews 12, 1. So I want to encourage us as we reach for those goals not to focus, to focus on long-term benefits instead of short-term discomfort. Focus on long-term benefits rather than short-term discomfort. So our verse for the year is Luke 2, 52. And I want to encourage you to memorize that. Everybody in the house, memorize it, work on it. But also, why don't you have your own personal verse of the year? Think about that. In other words, go through the scripture and verses that would speak to you. And so I was thinking about that this morning. And as I was going through my Bible, my eyes fell and I, I, I've kind of, you know, when you're reading your Bible, you should be marking it up and highlighting it and making notes. And so it might be a good thing for you to just go through your Bible and see the things that have jumped out at you. Maybe that's what you should memorize. But I decided my verse for the year, my per we have our corporate. What's our corporate verse? Okay, my personal verse is going to be Psalm 62. And it reads like this. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And when I read that, it spoke to me because, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to follow God and, and my faith is strong. But sometimes stuff happens and my faith gets shaken and my emotional uh, equilibrium is upset. And when that happens, that is Ever happened to anybody in here? Stuff comes, you say, whoa. You're going along real good, and all of a sudden, bam! Oh, God. You know, you start crying or complaining about I need to know that he is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And so by memorizing God's word, it's a way of settling my spirit. 
Get me to the place where I can trust God. So, um, in fact, let me get to one of those questions that somebody asked. Uh, and I'll, there are more here than I can deal with. A lot of good questions. But uh, one of them was, um, I wrote a song called Trust in the Lord. And somebody asked me, what's the, what was the background behind that song? Trust in the Lord. He'll never forsake you. Always protect you. So forth. Well, I honestly cannot tell you why I wrote that song. I wrote it about 30 years ago. And I was going through something. I don't even remember what it was. But it was one of those things that shook me. And um, you ever get to a place in your life where you get so angry and frustrated you want to smack somebody? <laughs> or somebody tell me to do Or, or if you don't want to smack somebody, you just want to run away and hide and just, like, stop the world, I want to get off. That kind of feeling. And uh, Grace raised her hand. Okay. And so I, I don't remember the specifics. Honestly, I don't, because since I wrote that song, I've had so many different kinds of things. But whatever it was, I was at a place of, of uh, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I was discouraged. And I was hurt. And um, I had this upright piano. I had it at the time in my living room, dining room. And when I would get to that place, I would just sit at the piano and I just started playing chords. And I must have been reading the scripture about trust in the Lord or something. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. Something in the Bible, and it was about trust. And... Um, and then I think, because I sung this together with this old hymn. Everybody say an old hymn. Old hymns are real important. Especially for some of you young folks. Yeah, we're not singing that old song, are we? But uh, trust and obey is an old hymn. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And so I think I was playing that on the piano. And then as I was playing it, Tears started coming down. I was complaining to God, fussing at God. And I just started playing. And, and the words, I don't, I write songs, but I'm not a regular writer. I write inspirationally in the heat of the moment. And right at that point, just those words came to me that he loves me. He's with me. He's going to strengthen me. And even though I'm in this emotional vortex, God will bring me through. So that's, um, what is the biblical limit for physical intimacy between an unmarried man and a woman? Wow. What is the biblical limit for physical? Um, you know, one of the things I love about walking with God is that the Christian life is not a whole bunch of rules and regulations, but it's based on principles. And the Bible gives us guidelines. And so the scripture declares that um, physical intimacy, and I'll be specific, sex is between a man and a woman. That's what it was designed for, for people to procreate in the context of a family. The Bible says that God placed the lonely in families. 
So uh, if you, I've had several people come up to me as a pastor and say, Pastor, is it okay if I? If you have to come up to me and ask me, is it okay? It probably is not. <laughs> now, holding, sometimes each for each person, intimacy is different. Do you know one of the most intimate things that we can do with each other? This is going to surprise you. But one of the most intimate tender things that one person can do with another is to pray together. Very intimate. And so it's not a law, but I discourage couples who are in love with each other from spending a long time alone praying together. Lord, I just thank you for this person that you've given to me. And I thank you for her eyes and for her arms and for her legs and for you could find yourself in a very very tender difficult situation and so the principle is a principle of love and honor when you're in a relationship with someone you want to honor them and you want to respect them so the broad answer to that is, if you're not married, don't do it. If you're single and you're thinking about getting married, uh, think about the cultural norms that you operate in. And do things in groups. And if you're not comfortable doing a group, holding hands, a kiss, a peck, but long, lingering, tongue in the mouth, kinds of things takes you to a place that you may not want to go to. So, but there's no rules in that sense because you have to consult God and say, Lord, and God will tell you. you. If you come to me, I might give you an opinion. Pastor, is it okay? I had a, a woman come to me, several women. I just love this guy and he's good and he's kind and he's a servant person and this and that. And, and is it okay if we go out? Well, my question, my answer to that is, are you thinking seriously about marriage? Well, yes, I am. Well, is he a Christian? Well, no, he's not, but he's nice. Okay, the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they agree? And so, if they're not a believer, um, and you are, you're going in two different ways, and you're barking up the wrong tree. So, anyway, limits for physical. What did you enjoy most about Christmas? Hmm. Well, I had a couple of things that were highlights for me. One, I really enjoyed gathering with the church family to decorate our house here. We came in here and, and Glenn had Christmas music on the, uh, from his iPod. And we came in like a troop. And, and, and uh, sh 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 huh? Zoe singing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Zoe singing. Sharon was a commandant. You know, directing things. And it was, I just loved it. We, we putting things, putting the, well, well, yesterday we took them down. And um, 
Which, let me make a comment about that. Because some of you are thinking, and I don't even know if this is a question, but let me just deal with it. God has a wonderful future for you, and every person in this room, everybody say, every person, person. is important. important. Every person is vital. vital. Your gifts and your contribution are absolutely essential, but God has designed us so that no one has all the gifts, but he's made it so that even with our failures and our warts and our inconsistencies and everything, God can still use us. Yeah, when you think about it, we're all cracked pots. I mean, everybody's got something wrong. Everybody's got something wrong. So we're taking the, yeah, okay, we all got shoes. So we're taking the, there was a big tree over here with, uh, with the lights on it and the bulbs and all of it. And so I came in and I got here and, and Sharon looked at me because I was standing like, she said, do you need a job? <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. She said, go to that tree over there. I said, so I went over. And we were taking it down and we got all the bulbs and the lights on it. And then it's a, you know, it's, it's a uh, fabricated tree. And you pull, the le- you pull the branches out and there was a big bin there. So I went to the tree and I pulled it out and I threw it in the bin. And uh, actually, Terry was standing next to me. She goes, uh, Pastor, did you notice that there's different colors at the end of each of those branches? That's for a reason. So all the blues go together. I was taking the blues and the red. I was just pull, throwing it in there. Because I, I don't... See, see, Terry's laughing. Right <laughs> she had to use a lot of patience watching me. I said, I was a little bit, well, I was a little bit higher than useless. <laughs> That's, I, I, the, the gift of order is not high on my gift. In fact, uh, if you go into my office, it's chaotic in there. And um, Kathy came into my office yesterday or the day before and not yesterday was much better because I cleaned it up but the day before she walked in and she had a question to ask me she just walked in and had a pain on her face <laughs> she just it was like she was navigating the clothes on the floor and, and, and then she came and she asked me my question she got out of there as quick as she could it was like the disorganization was just depressing to her I felt fine about it. It was fine to me. You know? But you see, God has so designed us that all of our gifts working together fit together and make something happen. You know what? There is a $13 million assisted living facility in Portland that was the first high-quality assisted living in Northeast Portland that served primarily black and Puerto Rican people of color in Northeast Portland happened because God has gifted me as a pastor and I was able to pastor a leader in the Covenant Church and share a vision and she used her influence to bring the Covenant Church to the table 
to build the first local assisted living facility that ended up being a blessing to my own mother so that she was able to move into that and retire in dignity in a place that cared for her high quality. It happened because of my gift of pastoring and inspiration. Now, I can't take that tree down, though, (laughs) and put it in order. But somebody else who can directs me and partners with my inabilities and my weaknesses. And together, everybody say together. Together. We can make it happen. Now, look at the person next to you and say, I need you and you need me. Amen. What does the Bible say about gossip, judgment of others? Hmm. Well, I've quoted this verse before, but uh, don't complain about the speck in your brother's eye when you have a telephone pole coming out of your eye. Now, there's a balance to that. Because some of us do not like to deal with difficult issues and we avoid them. And honestly, I was in that category for a long time. Because I, the Bible says, speak the truth. Everybody say truth. Truth. Speak the truth, but in what? In love. But I would be hesitant sometimes to speak the truth because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or I don't want to upset the apple cart or I wanted people to love me. And so there needs to be a balance. There are times when we need to say the hard things and it's not judgment. I'll tell you what the difference is. And only you know and God knows about this. If you're getting ready to say something difficult to someone else, ask yourself, Am I saying this because I'm hurt, angry, or frustrated? Or am I saying this because I genuinely want to help this person and encourage them to grow? And let your motives be your guide. So we need both. No one made me or you God's first level policeman. So we're not supposed to be telling people how to live their life. And, oh, you did this and you did No. But on the other hand, there comes a time when you see something and it's injurious to, to them and maybe to your family that you need to pull them aside and say, you know what, I probably wouldn't do that if I were you. But the key thing is, everybody say love overall. Love overall. Okay. What Bible verses can we use to help us prepare for a new day at River 47? Well, that's a good question. I think um, probably to take the challenge that I'm offering to you, memorize Luke 2.52 and meditate on it, become a person who reads the Bible regularly, and then go through the Bible and ask God to highlight to you his word for you. You know, when you read the scripture, you will experience God has a special word just for you, but you won't find it if you're not reading it. So it's the word, it's, the word of God is living and alive and active. And it'll find you right where you are. That's what happened to me this morning. I was thinking about my personal verse, and I read Psalm 61. 
And I was reading that, and I had already outlined it. And I went, what does that say? And I looked at it, and when I read it, right away I thought, oh, yes, I've gone through some stuff this year that's shaking me, and sometimes I can respond emotionally. I don't want to be there. I want to be, have a firm foundation. And so uh, if, if you have a specific question related to that, and by the way, for all of these questions, if you want to follow up with me, please, I'm an emailer, and you have my office, or you can come by and we get an appointment. I'd be glad to dialogue with you further because we're not going to be able to cover everything. But uh, please do that. Um, let me get to one of these children. What do you do if someone, I think, judges your beliefs as a Christian? Well, <laughs> it's more, and this relates to another question in here, but um, more than our beliefs is the importance of how we behave. It's how you behave when you're under stress that speaks very loudly. Somebody said, what you do speaks so loudly I cannot hear what you say or what you say you believe. And so over time, love is going to win the day. Have you been ever so mad at someone and you just wanted to scratch their eyes out or whatever you wanted to do, that you're just angry with them. And then they give you a very disarming and pleasing smile. And then you go. <laughs> it's just that it, it's, you can't fight love. When someone responds, and they've been belligerent, and then you respond with love, over time, love breaks down the barriers. So my encouragement to you is stick with your beliefs, but really work hard on your love and let your behavior create the atmosphere for good mutual dialogue with the person. I found people will come up to me and say, Pastor, I, I, uh, I can't stay at this church anywhere because I, your beliefs here don't really measure with my beliefs. And I got to find some place that really teaches the Bible teaches the word. When I sit down with them, it's usually not about beliefs. Somebody hurt their feelings. Somebody discouraged them. When they were hurting and alone, nobody called or looked on in on them. And it's our emotional hurts that capture us and cripple us. We don't watch out. Uh, what do you think God is speaking to River 47? Well, I, I am doing this series on growth. I'm calling it solid growth. Everybody say solid growth. Solid growth. And I'm calling it solid growth because God does actually want us to grow. And so in the months ahead, we're going to be looking at how does God want us to grow spiritually in our faith, in our trust of God, in our knowledge of his 
word. In our commitment to his purposes on the earth and in this community. How does God want me to grow? So, and I think out of that will come um, a solid understanding of what God is saying to us at this moment. What does the covenant church believe about demon possessions? Well, um, first of all, it's more like what does the Bible say about demon possessions? Demons are a physical or a spiritual reality. There are forces in the universe that want to capture your mind and your heart. And, and, and the Bible talks about Satan, that Satan's job is to rob, kill, and destroy. And if you, here it is, if you consistently say no to God's entreatment to you, you come to church and God speaks to you and you, you say to God, okay, God, I like that, but not now. I'll do it later. Or if God says, ooh, you better back away from that relationship. That's not good. And you say, well, but God, I like him. Or you consistently just ignore God. It's not that you're anti-God. You just got better things to do. Guess what? You have opened the door to demonic influence and control in your life. And it's a seduction thing that happens. You can be seduced by demonic forces and find yourself speaking and talking. That's why you have to be very careful what you listen to on the radio. You know, years ago, back in the day when rap music first came out, it was a response to um, brutality and racism. And so a lot of rap stuff is born out of a, uh, a reaction to and uh, a response to hatred and hate and disturbance and tearing down. And so, but it was clothed in a nice rhythm and a nice, you know, and so you could just be sitting there, and it may not be rap, but it just may be popular music. Like, for instance, I like a rhythm and blues. I mean, it's part of my background. You know, uh, bl black folks would not have been able to make it in our experience in this country if we weren't able to celebrate some hard things, say. You know, and so the blues, okay, you know, rhythm and blues, all right, it's okay. But if you, <laughs> if you have a steady diet of stuff that has strong sexual content and rebellious words that tell you to tell your parents where to go and how fast to get there and, and kill the police and disrespect for authority. And you say to yourself, well, I'm just, I'm not really listening to the words. I'm just listening to the music. You'll find yourself seduced by a spirit. And somebody will say something to you, uh, what time is it? Bow! And you say, well, where did that come from? Well, you, your mind has been controlled by demonic ideas and forces. You have to be very careful about that. That's why Christian radio is so important. You listen to Christian music, words that, that just give glory to God. The mighty fortress is our God. We sang, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing thy praise. The old hymn, trust and obey. Uh, some of us come to church on Sunday and we say, well, I'm just going to come in time for the message. I don't want to waste my time in worship. Listen, worship prepares our hearts so we can hear what God wants to say. It also reinforces the word. Do you know that Dave and I spent time talking about what God is saying to the church and what my message is going to be 
And then he selects music that reinforces those principles. So when you walk in here and you say, well, I'm just going to get here in time for the message, you missed half of what God wants to say to you. Maybe you missed most of what God wants to say to you. So we need to be here for the whole thing. So demons are real, but, everybody say but. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. As, as significant as a demon can be, demons are not stronger than the power of God in your life. And you can resist the devil and be victorious, calling out the name of Jesus. I was in a very difficult time in my life. In fact, I was going through a divorce, which was the worst experience that I had experienced as a pastor. And it was in my room, and because of that period, I was subject to temptation, a lot of things I felt like going wrong in my life. And I was in the Edmund Witcher in Chicago. And it was in the middle of the night. And I woke up. It was about 1 or 2 in the morning. I, I don't know what time it was. But when I woke up, I could feel a demonic presence in the room. And it felt like it was choking me. And I tried to say, I knew enough to say, I can quell the power of demonic force if I can just call out the name of Jesus. I could not speak. I couldn't speak. And I woke up. And I tried to make my mouth move. And I couldn't. I just feel the evil presence. And I said to myself, well, you can't speak. But you can think it. And in my thoughts, I said, Jesus is Lord. And just like that, that spirit broke and my eyes opened up and it was still dark in that room, but it was light. <laughs> the darkness had left. There's power in the name of Jesus. And while demonic presence and demonic influences are real, put yourself in a situation where you are being encouraged to trust Jesus. And to trust his word and to trust his spirit and let the power of his presence overcome any power that the world has to offer. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. amen. Okay. So, let me see. If we in Christ are the head and not the tail... Why does it seem like wickedness and evil prevail? If God hates unbalanced scales, why are things so out of balance in our nation? That's a very good question. And it's a question that has plagued Christianity and the people of God forever. That's why God sent the prophets to speak to Israel. So, uh, and it is because, in my view, not because the enemy has so much power or people who fight the word of God have so much power in our lives. It's because, in my view, those of us who know God and are men and women of faith, we're not on our job. See, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves 
and pray and seek my face. Then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land and forgive their sin. But the good news is that it doesn't take a majority to bring change. Repeat these words with me. The power of one. One, one person, one, one young person in your school who will take, bring their Bible to school and stand up for truth and say, I know the culture is saying this and the culture is saying that, but this is what God is saying to me. One person can make a difference. You know, one of the gifts that of my sweet mother-in-law, Martha Bowers, right here, one of her gifts is that she writes. She writes letters. She write, she'll write, in fact, if, 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 you, if, you, if you bother her, she doesn't like what you're doing, she'll write you a letter. <laughs> and she does that. And so the other evening, um, she and Kathy went over to the storage unit and um, were putting some things there. And it was, was, it was about 10 o'clock or whatever. Anyway, they went. When Kathy got, Kathy got there, she smelled something in the storage unit and it was just an awful smell. So Kathy said, ooh, what is that? So she just started complaining about it. Martha said, write a note to the owners. So Kathy was thinking, well, I got to find a pen and then I got to, it's late at night. And I, but the way mom, if you've been around my mother-in-law, she has a very direct way of speaking. She said, write a note. And so Kathy did. She wrote a note. And she went up to the office. She put that note there. And she didn't even sign her name. She just put her initials, KG. Got a call from the managers the next day. Went and checked through the whole file. There's hundreds of, of boxes and, and what do you call those things? Units in there. She would look through the file and figure out who KG was. Called Kathy and said, I am so thankful that you put that note up there. She said, the next day, my caretakers, we went in and we checked and we smelled that thing. And we said, oh, my gosh, there's something really bad going on here. We had to call the fire department, break the lock on that unit. And when we went in there, there was some kind of a gasoline or something that was illegal that should not have been in there. And the whole thing could have blown up in a fireball. Thank you so much for writing that note. You see, your gift, your instincts, your perspective, your belief system, one word from one person can make a difference. You could invite one person to be a part of this series about solid growth. That one person could come next week and their whole life could be put on a new direction and they themselves could become a world changer because you were faithful and gave an invitation to one person. And today, God is looking for people who will not shrink back and be bold enough to use the gifts that God has given them 
And listen, friends, don't let the devil discourage you. Well, I, my personal life is not what it should be, and I've got this wrong, and, I, and let the devil discourage you. Listen, you just need to press through and say, God, I give it all to you. I'm going to trust you. I believe that there is a future for me. And I believe that if I step into my destiny and you step into your destiny and we step into our destinies together, everybody shout together. Yes. Tremendous things can happen for God and the power of the enemy can be destroyed and we can have victory spiritually, relationally, physically, financially, and God will be praised. Can we say amen? Amen. amen. That's what he wants to do. So it's 11.03. I'm going to take one more. And then, um, huh? Oh, oh, okay. Ooh, a lot dropped on the floor. If I get down here, I might not be able to get up. <laughs> what was that? Yes, I can. Uh-huh, thank you. Um, somebody wrote this is a youth what happened to Joseph you mean Joseph in the Bible who wrote this what happened to Joseph Oh, what happened? Oh, oh, Joseph. Oh, the stepfather of Jesus. Ah, what happened to Joseph? Yeah, um, we don't know what happened to Joseph. But we know that Joseph did his part. That he obeyed God in his dreams. And because Joseph did his part, Jesus was able to do his part. Joseph was a very good stepfather. Think about it. Your wife comes to you and say, I'm pregnant because of the Holy Ghost. What? And he had every right to disown her and publicly disgrace her, but he didn't. He protected her. And then he protected his family in the midst of all that tragedy and all that stuff. So we, the, the Bible is not clear about actually what happened to Joseph. His name fades but his influence didn't. And I want to end with that, friends. When you do what God is telling you to do, your time may be up. And your name may disappear from people's lips. But it's only what you do for Christ that will last. And you can take your tre you can take people to heaven with you because you've been a faithful demonstration of, of his love, love and power. Now there was one more about that a child asked that I wanted to was cute. Can we start a cooking ministry? Uh, 
You know what? If you have a desire, here's the rules for starting ministries here. Uh, as long as it's not illegal. <laughs> and you are not uh, indebting the church. And it's biblical. And it matches up with our goals and so forth. You need two other people to join you in your ministry. It could be cooking, it could be sewing, it could be cleaning carpets, it could be taking missions trips, it could be doing outreach. What? Get two other people and become a team because God works in teams. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom. So I think that's a great idea, but you can start your cooking ministry and... Uh, How did Pastor Henry and Kathy meet? That is a story that will take some time, and we won't do that. But I will tell you, we met over the phone, and um, when I heard Kathy's voice, oh, oh, I heard that voice. I had to get to know that person. And so I'll tell you that story at another time. Um, I'll end with this. I know I said this before, but I know that God forgives, but how can you use that knowledge to learn to forgive yourself? That is such a powerful question. And I wonder, and I have an answer to that, but I wonder if someone who has experienced forgiveness in your life and been able to forgive yourself can bring testimony to that. Anybody here? Huh? Daniel. got a minute cool <laughs> all right like uh this question uh reminds me a lot of the ultimatum that the lord gave me when uh yeah it's like he, he gave it to me simply kind of like this you got a choice you could dwell in your shelter of shame or you could come into my shelter of grace and to come into the lord's shelter of uh, grace is through praise prayer reading the bible and there's no way that you can know how to forgive your past if you don't allow God to forgive you. All right, well, wait, wait a minute. That was good. You got another thing. Stand, stand like that. <laughs> so what, what was it? Was there a, a turning point experience that helped you to step into God's shelter? Of grace. Turning point experience. (coughs) 
yeah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, if I had to try to pinpoint that, I'd have to want to look at the Bible to know exactly what verse it is. I know it's in Hebrews 2, though, you know. I want to say Hebrews 2. I don't want to be guessing, but, you know, in Hebrews 2, talking about Jesus being the high priest, you know, saying that um, he's, he's faced everything for us, and there's nothing that we can face that he, that he hasn't faced for us. We just need to trust him as he leads us. And he'll lead us into his peace. He'll lead us into greener pastures because that's what he came here to do. That's his joy. His joy is our <clears throat> strength as we call upon him and don't rely upon ourselves. Hmm. So, Daniel, that is so important for us that I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads right now. That forgiveness and the ability to receive God's forgiveness is so important. Would you just lead us in a prayer right now? Um, for any who might be struggling in that area, that they can receive God's grace and forgiveness. Lord, Heavenly Father, um, we come to you in praise for allowing us to praise you, Heavenly Father. Um, we pray, Heavenly Father, that um, you may shine through our darkness. You may purge out our insecurity that would have us doubt your holy word. May be speaking to us, Heavenly Father. May you prepare our hearts to be full of soil to your holy word so we may offer you our praise that may hurt as we offer it to us. I mean, it, it may, our praise may hurt us as we offer it to you because there's so much confusion and pain that we know in this life, Heavenly Father, pain that we cause and pain that others have caused to us mm. and, it, and it's confusing and, and it hurts. So we give you our pain mm -hmm. so you may give us your comfort, joy, and heavenly peace. May we receive all the blessings that you want to give us, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray, Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 Thank you.